Hello, Cyberpunks. I'm your host, Brendan Lupus Damon Sandifer, and welcome to our Cyberpunk podcast where we discuss various Cyberpunk media. With me today, we have Barry. Hello. Greg. Hello. Graham. Hello. Melody. Howdy. Randy, who is currently muted. Good evening. And Sammy, who is currently muted. And finally, Wes. Hi. So today we're discussing Psychopaths, an anime cyberpunk thriller. As always, and as I forgot to mention last week, uh, we recommend you purchase and view the media to support the creators. And if so you with do that, not want spoilers, then maybe skip ahead till you see that spoilers are not being said anymore. Correct. So we begin with uh, Psychopaths, the first season. Um, it is seen through the eyes of Akane Tsunamori, a rookie inspector within Unit 1, a.k.a. Division 1, of the Ministry of Welfare Public Safety Bureau's Criminal Investigation Department. I'm not going to go through that acronym, so you guys can figure it out. Shinya Kogami is an an enforcer under her watch during her first mission. When she judges him a... Say what? How was that name? Shinya Kogami? No, the acronym... Oh, it's Ministry of Welfare Public Safety Bureau's Criminal Investigation Department. Mm. MWSBCID. No, it's MWPSBCID. I must have missed a couple. The Muzid. Sure. Yes. Anyway. Whatever, um, it's got an acronym that's as long as my bloody arm. <laughs> when she judges him a threat to an apprehended criminal's life, she uses her dominator ability to prevent him from decomposing the criminal. Mm-hmm. Initially decomposing? ashamed. Yes. <laughs> Initially ashamed of her action, Kogami thanks her uh, thanks her for preventing what could have been perceived as a murder. An opinion which influences Tsunamori to stay on the force. The unit uncovers the crimes of Shogo Makashima, a prolific criminal mastermind. Makashima is criminally asymptomatic, a person persistently assessed by the Sybil system as having a low crime coefficient despite all actions and attitudes thus protecting him from Dominator harm. Tsunamori is accompanied by veteran inspector Nobuchika Ginoza, a strict man who looks down on enforcers. Uh, Also accompanying them are Tomomi Masoka, a middle-aged enforcer who used to be a detective, Shusei Kagari, a carefree young man who's, um, who was marked as a latent criminal in childhood. 
and Yayoi or Yayoi uh, Kunizuka. A lot of names here that are just Japanese and hard to pronounce for me. Uh, and Kunizuka is a former musician turned into a latent criminal, stemming from a relationship with a terrorist. Because, you know, that's how all good relationships start, right? Oh, absolutely. Gotta, gotta get the terrorist aspect in. Uh, the unit starts hunting down Makashima, but it is Ka- uh, Kogami who is most invested, having lost a friend at the hands of the villain. Meanwhile, Makashima is invited by Josu Kase, the android form of Sybil, to join their ranks. He refuses and flees. Realizing this, uh, Kogami leaves the unit one, or he leaves unit one to find and kill him. The Sybil system orders Tsunamori to capture Ma- uh, Makashima and execute Kogami. Um, but she agrees only on the condition that they withdraw the execution order from Kogami. Unit 1 now searches for both men, and upon finding him, Makashima nearly kills Genoza, but uh, Masoka sacrifices his life to save him, and despite Tsunamori's efforts, Kogami kills Makashima, then escapes from PSB confinement, whereabouts unknown. Which leads to Psychopath 2, otherwise known as Psychopath Season 2. Tsunamori leads a restored Unit 1 that includes rookie Inspector Mika Shimotsuki, Ginoza, who has been demoted to Enforcer, Kunizuka, and two new Enforcers named Sakuya Togane Tagone- uh, and Sho Hinakawa. The team faces a new threat in the form of Kirito Kamui. Another, cre- uh, another criminal mastermind who is invisible to the Sybil system. Like Makashima, uh, Kamui intends to bring down the Sybil system, but unlike Makashima, he wants to do so by exploiting its flaws instead of wreaking havoc, making it judge itself uh, as a collective consciousness. Due to having parts from different people, He's skilled in avoiding all forms of detection, as the Sybil system is unable to recognize him. Also, uh, his skill in making medication uh, makes him capable of helping his supporters keep their crime coefficients low. Few believe that he actually exists. At the climax of this season, lead inspector of Unit 1, Akane Sunomori, leads Kirito Kamui to the core of the Sybil system, and in the end, Sybil decides to recognize Kirito Kamui a collective mind of, er, as a collective mind of seven people. Uh, Sunomori resists in Psycho Pass, the movie, where she researches for Kagome, or Kogami, um, and not, now a freedom fighter in another country. The fate of Kogami, among other characters, is explored in the Sinners of the System film. We then move on to Psychopath 3. Uh, in Psychopath 3, Sunamori and her team help 
the people of Shambhala float. Uncover government uh, uncover government corruption with the unlikely assistance of Kogami, whom Sunamori locates while he is a uh, while he is a member of a guerrilla group. He believes is working to bring freedom to the people of that country. The mission results in the disbandment of Unit 1 and Kogami's disappearance yet again. An unrevealed situation leads to Tsunamori's uh, arrest for putting the public in danger. The unfolding story and the truth that Tsunamori seeks involves two new inspectors, Arada Shindo and K. Mikhail Ignatov. Their first case with the Public Safety Bureau involves uh, investigating the crash landing of a passenger drone airplane that results in the death of a passenger and the discovery of a large group of immigrants. During the investigation and those that follow, Kindo and Ignatov uncover evidence of a conspiracy headed by a shadowy organization called Bifrost that uses the mechanism of a tournament game called Round Robin in order to manipulate so, uh, societal events. As evidence and knowledge about Bifrost increases, the focus of the story narrows until Shindo and Ignatov find themselves at odds with one another. This leads to a choice by Ignatov that is for further explored in the 2020 sequel film Psychopath 3 First Inspector. So that's the anime series as we have to this point. Do you have um, any fun facts or uh Nope. I didn't okay. grab I don't typically grab Okay. Uh fun facts for anime just movies. Okay, quick question to everybody here. Who has seen at least some of this series? Not it. Not I. Nope. Am I the only one that has actually seen some of this? Because yep. I've seen I've seen the first season and part of season two. It um, actually, from what you're from what you're uh, saying, sounds like one that I would uh, definitely appreciate. Yeah, um, my girlfriend Erin uh, has this habit of starting watching anime series without me, <laughs> and I will uh, come out in the living room and uh, see she's watching something. And I will either ignore it completely, or it will completely wrap me up. And this was one of the ones that I just sat down and just started watching. Mm. Um, and so I might have missed like the first three, four episodes of the first season. Mm. But I'm pretty sure I caught the majority of it. And uh, I want to clarify a few things in the description. Uh, they mentioned a, the uh, devices called Dominators. These are actually kind of the, their, their, their uh, government-issued weapons that basically can scan people for their psychopaths and based on what their deviation level is, will decide the level of uh, armament they need, whether it's stun or basically obliterate them. Um, Sybil, like that, like I, you might have gleaned, is a basically an artificial intelligence computer hmm. based on the based on a gestalt mind of dozens of people. It's also kind of like that. Uh, 
Listen to a live action movie or something based around a group of uh, people being put into like a thing of water and they've all got some kind of psychokinetic or like mental power prowess kind of thing and they can see the future and when they got the group of them together enough and hooked them up to a computer they could see future crimes and time cop or not time cop um it was a tom cruise i can't think of the title is it Minority Report? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, um, not quite. Here, what they're doing is they're effectively performing a brain scan. Hmm. Uh, their psychopath is your level of deviation from societal norm, which they have noticed involves criminal tendencies. Hmm. So the further deviated you are, the higher your psychopath profile is, the more likely you are to commit criminal acts. And that's what uh, powers the dominators. It's kind of weird, but yes, I, I like I said, it, it did suck me in. I have not seen the third season, nor have I seen any of the movies. And now with that description, I've basically learned the movies are one part of one continuous storyline, unlike most anime where the movies are either their own continuity or just pure filler, <laughs> or re- or retelling. What happened yeah. in the? Oh, the Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball uh, Z movies. Because I remember there's a Dragon Ball series movie that basically was a retelling of the Dragon Ball friend, uh, the original Dragon Ball movie. And then the Dragon Ball Z movies are just basically they're the, they're 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 its own continuity because of the the whole yeah. Gohan and the dragon thing. Yeah. Also, when a fight takes five episodes, you can't do that in the movie. But, yeah, it's... But that's usually how this works. But, no, apparently they're telling one constant story. And the movies are just... From this other perspective, this is what's gone on. Mm. Well, you dealt with this in the main story. This is what was going on on the side. Mm. Um... So I guess I'm going to be the one to answer most of the questions. Sounds that um, way. Like I said, we'll we'll have to excuse season three from this because I have not seen it. So I have not seen where it goes, but I have think I've seen one and two. I think I saw two to the conclusion, if not near the conclusion. Um. So go ahead, shoot. Bang. All right. So is it cyberpunk? Oh, there are elements. It's missing one thing, and that's the corporate conspiracy angle. Mm. That is usually a telling in cyberpunk stories. Everything here is the government. Mm. Um, you don't really get the feeling of corporate involvement. But I could be wrong. We never really know who's behind it's everything. Apoliptic. We don't know who's behind the curtain, so to speak. It's not really post-apocalyptic. Mm. Um, it seems to be a progression of society where this technology has changed how certain things work. Which can work within cyberpunk. I mean, we are having AIs. Robots are fairly prevalent as, like, drones in there. Um, when, there's a when there's a criminal act... 
it's these little bots that come out and uh, work as the equivalent of the uh, police tape telling people, you know, please detour, do not come this way, yada, yada, yada. That also um, reminds me of Minority Report, the little spider drones. Hey, these are more like short people style. Oh, okay. Kind of squat bots. Not quite R2-D2 short, but not man-sized either. So, uh, something about the... Um stuff in there it makes it sound like um it's similar to mutants out of marvel not really hmm. um most of what you're hearing is uh powers given to them by the gun okay. um so um she used basically what happened was the telling in the first one um the cop got um Somebody got killed by a deviant. The cop got uh, a little too wound up, overrode his dominator, and was setting it to disintegrate the body. When the other cop saw that, she stunned him. <laughs> Is well, that, that, that explains it a little better than I think that paragraph did. Uh, okay. And that's what uh, starts the entire thing off. So yeah, the other thing uh, where they uh, look at your level of deviancy um, mm -hmm. or whatever, I don't know if that sounds like something I would like or if I feel threatened by it because I don't break laws, but I am a I consider myself to be a major deviant to absolutely norms. Yeah, I think you would have a borderline psychopath. <laughs> um, so would I. Because I definitely, uh, I definitely uh, deviate from societal norms. Who doesn't well, it, 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 it's like not just deviating from societal norms; it's how you deviate too. Mm. Like I said, that it's like they measure certain spikes in the brain that equate to criminal tendencies, oh. like lack of empathy, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, borderline. <laughs> yeah, you'd be bored. I, I just said that by knowing you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and for the, for I, the, I the listeners that don't know, the other guy that uh, says he knows me well, he's known me over twenty years, so he knows me very well. <laughs> yes, I've been cursing my life for twenty years. <laughs> um. Now, just because you just because you're part of LGBTQ is yeah. <laughs> no, it's twenty years of wrong way, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> Here's a question. If they give you a frontal lobotomy, would they be able to use the psychopaths on you? Oh. I think that actually comes up. Um, cause they, I know they, they surgically alter somebody's mind to, uh, pass the psychopaths, but I can't remember what the end result was. It has been about five years since I watched this. I was going to try to rewatch it this week, but I had other issues mm. and didn't get around to it. Um, 
But yeah, I, I do remember something like that came up in at least one of the episodes. Um, but like I said, I do not remember the end result. Hmm. Um, I know the second season, the main villain is completely immune to psychopath scan. He reads as normal, hmm. but he is a true freak of nature as he's a composite being. Ooh. Yeah. So he has like multiple brain scans so he can just choose one that's not abnormal. Seems like that would be read as AB normal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't remember what the, his origin story was. That's been too long. Um, it was uh, Psychopaths 1 and 2 were like pretty quick. Um, and then the uh, big uh, Fukushima incident happened, mm. and the the third season got delayed a few years. So I had moved on by the time it came out, and didn't hear that it come out. Mm. Um, but like I said, it has elements of cyberpunk, but. As of the point that I was watching, we hadn't figured out who was behind the curtain. We don't know who was controlling Sybil. Mm. It was because there are many points during the uh, course of the series where you think Sybil is actually encouraging some of the criminal activity. But we don't know why and we don't know... Um, if there's somebody behind it. Um, the fact that the, there is obviously a government conspiracy going on, but we haven't gotten the full whiff of it. And um, whether that's a government corporate conspiracy, I don't know yet. Hmm. I don't remember much corporate involvement in this. This does have a very cyberpunk feel in some aspects some of the punk isn't there. Mm. Um, most of the people are, are pretty much sheeple. They all dress normally. They, they seem to do normal things. Um, but they're all background characters. So what, you know, and it's all, you know, and most of our main characters are Japanese government operatives. So they dress like Japanese government operatives. Shoots. Suits, uh, blouse, skirt, with an over jacket, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Sounds comfy. Yay. It's standard. Um, it's, it's all like business professional, which can be cyberpunk, <laughs> but usually you see a variety of things. Mm -hmm. You know, you see the street level, you see that, and... Uh, because of the of the psychopath system, you don't see much criminality outside of the the deviants that they take down. Mm. But again, you are seeing this through the perspective of this special investigation unit. So if there's day to day crime, you may not be seeing it. So all you're seeing is the major stuff. Correct. The the um, stuff the the stuff that's basically like uh, even if 
like, oh, hey, we need to take down, like, these specific parts of the government to initiate a positive reform kind of crime. We're not seeing stuff that would be like that or the uh, uh, petty stuff. We're seeing stuff, like, that's basically going, like, uh, major theft, major uh, harm to individuals, uh, uh, like, illegal assassinations, illegal smuggling, stuff that's actually, like, hard, uh, like, hard, this is a no. Stuff yeah. that nobody will uh, debate is wrong. To bring up another '90s movie, we're basically we're they're basically stalking people like Simon Phoenix. Yeah. And those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, that's the main villain in Demolition Man. Yeah. Which I believe we covered in an earlier episode. Did we? And and it is a very fun movie. Oh yeah, it's one of my my favorites. Although it wasn't originally intended as a as a comedy, it was definitely comedic value. Oh, yeah. Of most decks. But, yeah, it is... It is definitely the Simon Simon Phoenix Joker types that they're tracking down. The the, the arch criminals. And not not the, oh, hey, we're going to... We have to do these crimes for the betterment of society crime. Which, which probably they would be watched, but they would probably like have like a separate system to not only watch but to guide into like how to do it in a way that wouldn't completely result in absolute anarchy. Because you know. There are there are a few of the villains that that seem to have their motive being the system is corrupt so I'm bringing it down. Hmm. Um, yeah. Ah, but, George Soros. Oh, sorry. Uh, but it's uh, very hard to tell if that's true or if that's their own self justification. They they seem to leave you on that edge on whether it's true or not. Like I said, I keep smelling a conspiracy, but it hasn't revealed itself as of what I've seen. Um, in feel, it does feel a lot like Ghost in the Shell. A lot like Standalone Complex, anyway. That's um, not as blatantly cyberpunk as Ghost in the Shell. But like I said, there are still a lot of key elements that are the same. Well, and honestly, I think it'd be kind of hard to find something that is that similar to Ghost in the Shell. That is what? Super similar to Ghost in the Shell. Ex Machina? Ex Machina? Well. Hmm? Is Ex Machina? No. Maybe. No, that's that's what Greg said. I know. I said, oh, maybe. Anyway. Um, There is something in my mind that more represents cyberpunk than Ghost in the Shell. But we'll talk about that next week. (laughs) Mm. Anyway, um, any other questions? 
What's the dubbing to English of this series? Uh, there is a dub. I believe it's uh, you can get it through uh, Funimation streaming service. I don't know if it's elsewhere. I think it is. Um, the dub, from what I remember, sounded okay. But I mostly watched the Crunchyroll subs, so... Mm. Yeah, I just I can't deal with an entire uh, series that's all subtitles. Really depends on me. Mm. There are there are dubs I'm absolutely fine are, and there are dubs that piss me off, and I'd rather watch it subbed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes the uh, English voice actors just don't nail the same tone of voice or something, and it's just not the same thing. But sometimes they do fine. Come on. Speed Racer was perfectly dubbed. <laughs> I said <laughs> some of them don't <laughs> do fine, not all of them. No, and there are some cases where the subs piss me off, too, because they're not accurate. Oh, there's also and, that, yeah. And at that point, I refuse to watch a subtitle where the subs aren't accurate, so I, I watch the dub. Like, hey, look, that's, that's a donut. No, it's a rice ball. <laughs> no, I'm not even talking about that. Okay. There are two series, and they're both, I think, from the 2000s that pissed me off. One of which was the one that the uh, subtitlers for uh, the company decided to rename the main character, who had been Captain Harlock, since the 70s, Captain Herlock. Why? I don't know. Okay. They just They just retranslated it. And I was like, no. And I, I listened to the dub, and they said, it's Harlock. I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. I'll go with that. <laughs> uh-huh. the, the, other, dub, the dub was better than the... Good work, Steve. I mean, stove. <laughs> the other one was the original Helsing TV series. And the wow. reason why the sub pissed me off there was the fact that the, that the motto of the Helsing organization is listed in English in the opening credits. Yeah. And yet when they came to say that motto before going into combat in the subtitles, they couldn't get the same thing. How? Yeah, I mean, it says, like, right in the credits, in the name of God, impure souls, the living dead will be banished to eternal damnation. Amen. And then I get to the sub, and it's like, we strike a stake through the damned heart of the undead. I'm like, nope, I'm done. Face palm. No, S copy paste. Switch, switch, switch the dub. <laughs> And the dub probably get nailed it. Yeah, the dub was fine. Mm. I haven't yet seen if that's true for Helsing Ultimate, but that's a completely different kettle of fish and a completely different podcast. Mm. But that's 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 my issue of subs versus dubs. Um, as far as I can remember, I saw at least one to two episodes of this dubbed, and I'm like, that sounds fine to me. <laughs> I think I think we showed it uh, one year at GeekCon, mm. so I think we probably showed it dubbed there. Um, and uh, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, there aren't too many of us geeks that appreciate a good appreciate subtitles. Ah, mm. uh, you'd be surprised. Viewing's desk. Yeah, no, as long as they make sense. 
The viewing desk got requests for certain things subtitled all the time. But it was harder for our uh, operators to set up the subs because dubs are usually defaulted in most things. And how to switch to the subs changed with every bloody disc. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm not at the desk, I'm at a panel or actually trying to get two hours of sleep between something. Um my um and uh my uh, my assistant wasn't there so it was down to the uh volunteers no they couldn't change a dvd they couldn't change the uh the audio track on a dvd to save their soul they probably couldn't change their own uh well to put it their own underwear to put it gently. yeah yeah mm. but if it's not cyberpunk it's close to it you know, close enough for government work. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Analogy? Yeah. It hit yeah. Me. It hit me and I just had to say it. Uh -huh. It's government. That corrupt entity that everybody needs to make sure gets fixed. <laughs> Any of them across the world. And they're not even centered in yep. Chicago in that anime. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> Oh, government corruption's been an ongoing issue in uh, Jap. I mean, this is just like the latest outing in Japanese cyberpunk or cyberpunk-ish stuff. I mean, it started way back in the mid-80s with uh, Appleseed. And then the Japanese just fell in love with it, and uh, they've been pumping out series at least once every three, four years since. Mm. And unlike, you know, the Western society that apparently got fed up with cyberpunk for about 10 years, the Japanese was at least going forward with Ghost in the Shell. Well, that probably happened because of a movie that we uh, did review in this... Uh, in, on, this on this podcast. Yeah. That was a third installment of a... Uh, popular series that kind of killed everything yep it was like people watched that and like yeah we're done with this for a while Ooh, <laughs> yeah steampunk yeah and then it took i think about 2013 rolling around and people are like hey what happened to that cyberpunk stuff <laughs> give me some of that yeah let's watch yeah. demolition man again <laughs> still good and the studios yeah. are just like, okay, what can we do? What are we sitting on that we could release? Or what can we remake that, yeah. Cop. What hasn't had a third yeah. reboot yet? <laughs> RoboCop. Yeah, RoboCop. Give him time. I'm just waiting for it. We know it's coming already, at some point. We did. I um, believe they've already started a third one. Yeah, I think they've announced it. Yeah, we did Total Recall a couple weeks ago. Again. And they, they, they re-released that. Which that one? Was, the new one or the old one? Are they yeah, making another one, one now? We released huh? the 19... We, we reviewed the 1991. Oh, the original. Um, yes. The Arnold Schwarzenegger one, not the newest one that they... 
uh, had made yeah. a few years ago. Because that one's complete and total garbage. <laughs> yep, as I said, the good one. And another reboot of Judge Dredd, too, for the third time. Well, oh, that's least... I didn't know Judge Dredd had been rebooted. Oh, yeah. Um, the second, the first reboot was better than the original. Mind you, oh, the original they did better had... than the Stallone one? Yes, they did. Mm. Um, it still wasn't by any means amazing, but it was at least watchable. You don't Actually, have... I, thought the, I thought the original was pretty watchable. It was fine as a movie. It was not good as a Judge Dredd movie. Okay, I'll give you that. Considering I'm not sure the uh, actual history of the franchise. Yeah, like... It never really that... took off in the comics. Yeah, like Stallone spent half the movie with his helmet off, which would never freaking happen in the comics. I don't think he's ever taken his helmet off in the course of 30 well, years without comics. He would have he had to take it off going to prison. Dredd so, never went to prison in the comics, though. Going back to the conversation. Um, yeah. sorry, about the, sorry about the sidetrack. <laughs> It's okay. We we get off topic all the time. It's fine. <laughs> it happens a lot on podcasts. <laughs> yes, but um, just remember, don't drink and drive. Yes, Randy, you said that. Uh, is it Cyberpunk? Yes or no? It has. It's close. But like I said, I think it's close. Like I said, it's close enough for government work. It's it's darn close. It's missing a couple of key elements, but it feels cyberpunk. Okay. So I'm just going to boot it as a yes. Going down the list from Randy, we got Sammy. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, as, as Randy said, hang on. As Randy said, it's got the elements, but just like another topic, it's just missing the the punk, the government conspiracy, the stuff that generally makes something cyberpunk. It's got elements, but it's missing the main course, which is the corporation based. Uh, bullshit, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, lacks, it lacks the corporate conspiracy. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, isn't in uh, some cyberpunk-based settings the government fighting, uh, like, one, like, you got, like, your base standard government, then you've got the corporate government and one's uh, one basically is actually trying to fight the other to protect the people that the other is exploiting and not, us not usually usually you've got the corp the government and then the uh the corporation with the hand up the government's backside operating it like a puppet except i like having my strings pulled 
Most people do. They just don't realize it. So, Wes, you say yes or no? It seems like a cyberpunk-esque story. Like, everything's there, but it's just missing that last little bit. Okay, so, no. Grim. Uh, never watched it, so I can't say for sure, but from what I've heard, I'm going to go with no. Alright, Greg. You've seen this series, um, but from what I'm hearing, if all it lacks is the corporation part of it, it sounds to me like it would fit it. So I'd say yes. All right. Barry. Um, you say it's missing the corporations, but it does have government. Now, uh, d- d- dependent on the setting, if it's cyberpunk, but it's government instead of corporation, wouldn't it still be uh, at least cyberpunk adjacent? It would be at least adjacent, but it's falling into the category of general dystopia at that point. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, no, it, it's it's adjacent, but like Randy said, yeah, yeah, it, and no, yeah it's, it's your basic dystopian crap or dystopia. Well, not crap, but so no one is- asked if it was uh, cyberpunk adjacent. They asked if it was cyberpunk. So it is as much cyberpunk as I would be uh, a deviant. So. Yeah, uh, it's kind of there, but kind of not. Uh, it is definitely on the border. <laughs> Just um, which side alter- of the border is it on? <laughs> uh, right, alter- uh, alternative uh, point is it's on the board, but it gets you zero points. Hmm. Let's right. say gives you half a point. It's at the border, man, eating tacos. <laughs> so Watch I'm it, gonna those, go ahead. Tacos from the border are good. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and that say that depends on which where which where on the border. Yeah. Yeah, I was the Guys, Lupus is trying to talk. All right. I'm going to go ahead and say that it is cyberpunk. I mean, as we discussed, it's missing that corporate element, but corporate can be changed out for government, can be changed out for, you know, criminal organization. It doesn't always have to be specifically corporations against the people. Um... And then we move on to, does it really bring anything into the cyberpunk genre that wasn't there before? And Randy, that's more of a question for you. The rest of us don't really know it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh-oh. Um, the Dominators when? are kind of new, but not really the theory behind them. When did season one come out again? About 2012. 
Then I would argue no, because by that time, everything that we know about cyberpunk already exists. And as you already pointed out, Dominators aren't exactly cyberpunk. They're, they're, they're more sci-fi tech, which kind of is something that cyberpunk pulls from, because it may not be space sci-fi, it is at the very least... Like futuristic, futuristic sci-fi, yeah. Well, yeah, if somebody asked if cyberpunk is sci-fi, the answer would be yes. Because it is a telling of the future with different, with more I'm, I'm, I, technology. I'm not saying that it doesn't use cyberpunk technology or sci-fi technology. I'm just saying that by the time, or by the sounds of it anyway, by the time it, this was released everything that we already knew that was cyberpunk already existed. With the exception of maybe Dominators, but they're not really cyberpunk. Yeah, um, the Dominators, I mean, the, the concept behind them has been seen in, in other places. Mm -hmm. uh, brain scanning is something that has been seen, but rarely. If anything, it's not really so much adding something, but putting a new twist on it. Agreed. I'll, I'll buy that one. Alright, so... With that, it's pretty much time to wrap it up. So, uh, Barry, where can we find you? If you want more of me, you can find me at K-H-Z-H-A-K <laughs> on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Uh, I don't make much content myself on YouTube and Twitch, looking at related channels and who I'm hosting. And most of the stuff I like and retweet on Twitter is safe for work, but my pin tweet is not. Who's next? Um, going down the list here, we're going to go to Greg. You can still find me on my YouTube channels of music, and then Saturday mornings I do the uh, classic rock covers on Facebook. All right. Uh, Melody. Well, you can find me at Melody's Place. It's the uh, uh, on YouTube. Uh, you'll see some uh, decent... Minecraft content. I don't claim to be great, but I claim to be decent. Um, yeah. Uh, make sure it's the one with the with the uh, purple cat in the avatar. Not uh, otherwise, you can find all kinds of different weird stuff there. <laughs> all right, um, Randy. All right, so you can find me usually on Aaron or Matt's Twitch streams. That's Romeo Moon One or Mad Matt Twenty One Eighty Five. We tend to stream between eleven thirty and one p.m. Central Time Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Friday or Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Excuse me. Uh, when we play either uh, Borderlands and either Phasmophobia or Conan Exiles, depending on our mood that week. Also on Sundays at eight-ish p.m. Central, where we do Lord of the Rings online. Or Conan Exiles, depending on our mood that week. You can also find me Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. on an unearthly podcast where we talk about all things Doctor Who. 
All right, and today we West, played Phasmophobia did... and nobody died. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and West, do you have any plugs you need to make before I finish this up here? No, I don't. Um... I have never had anything to plug, but uh, you'll know if I have a plug because I'll probably start uh, plugging it and via the TFN podcast. Alright, so you can find this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch by searching Gen Cyberpunk Pod, and our YouTube channel is Generation Cyberpunk. Um, if you want to hear more from our group, please check out the Thanks for Nothing podcast on the FML Productions YouTube channel. Uh, we also do various D&D campaigns on that channel and are in the process of making an animation where we're starting script writing shortly. Um, if you want to donate, we do have a coffee link in the description of our Things for Nothing podcast. Donations are welcome, but by no means necessary. And next week we are covering, let me see here, Bubblegum Crisis 2032. I expect I'll be making a lot of the commentary on that one, too. I think I might yes. assume that, but it's been a few years. For anyone curious, that was a Randy topic, so we will have fun with that next week. And until then, we will see you later, Cyberpunks. <laughs>